Thank you, worship team. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Subang Jaya Assembly of God. So great to see so many of you. Praise the Lord. Welcome. Brother Lam. Yeah. Drink for me as well. We are in a very small world now, right? Since the pandemic, things has changed and uh, we are getting smaller and smaller and uh, we are getting more and more confused and more difficult as the days goes by. Yeah. And uh, really, to have really something that is uh, of substantial, we really need to be determined. We really need to really press hard and uh, uh, concentrate on what we are doing. And you know that many people can be very confident in their own things. They pursue their life pathway without second thought. Really work very hard. They push and were determined without changing direction even in times when we face with adverse challenges. See, at the end of Paul's life, as we read in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8, okay, you can read it from the screen there. He mentioned that he was about to finish his assignment on earth. And I think that this uh, 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 verse, verses here are quite familiar with many of us. He says that, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and a time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Paul was very confident. He was confident that he has completed his assignment and he has kept the faith and he will receive his reward. He was confident that he will receive his reward. And what made Paul so confident of his reward? What made you so confident of your reward, of your walk on earth, that you have kept the faith what makes it so that you can say such a thing like Paul? And I believe that it was the people that he raised up during his time of ministry. And Paul spent a number of years since he came to know Jesus through on the Damascus road and until the time when Nero, the Emperor Nero, executed him. He has spent many years of ministry and he had built up many people. He had Timothy. He had Titus, he had Silas, he has Philemon, he even had the Dr. Luke and the host of others that can carry the baton and move forward. He has done his part to mentor and to fine-tune this group of young people. And he has been very conscientious as a mentor to this. And they were ready now as in the end of his life, that they are ready to receive his baton, to receive the baton from Paul. When we stand before God at the end of our life, look at the cue there. Our confidence will be the number of people we have built up. I trust that this light of the cue of people would be more than what we can see now. Can we have that? Picture, please. It will be more than what these numbers will be. It will be more than just this. 
as we look behind, the more people we see, the more confident and the more grateful we will be. Today, we continue to preach on the emphasis of mentoring as a process to prepare people, to prepare every believer to be a disciple of Jesus. We had a great mentoring seminar yesterday, uh, half of yesterday, and we were convinced that this is what will grow the next generation of believers. That none of us that know Jesus as our personal Savior will remain as we are, but that we will grow to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And we all know that disciple is not born. They are made. They are made and everyone is commanded to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So you are born again and you are to be made to be a disciple. You are not a part of the crowd in church. You are a crowd of disciples in Subang Jaya Assembly. In the process of becoming a disciple, we first uh, we, we have to firstly connect with Jesus and others. Secondly, we need to be equipped with spiritual knowledge and skill. Thirdly, we need to be mentored as a preparation. And fourthly, to be released to do God's purpose. And these are the four emphases of the intentional disciple-making church. We connect, we mentor, we connect, we equip, we mentor, and we release. And this morning, I want to preach on the five qualities of a mentor. The five qualities of a mentor. And this is one of Pastor Benny's whole sermon on mentoring, which I have taken and adapted. And many of us felt that we are not ready or good enough to be a mentor, but these five qualities are common and easily cultivated, and sometimes it is already in us. But when we utilize it and use it in our mentoring process, we will be able to propel others to become strong disciples of Jesus Christ. It is not hard to, to do. It's doable. And then, to many of us, to many of us who are younger who may see the need to be mentored, and we may be wondering what qualities to look for in a mentor, these are the same ones. And I want to use Barnabas as an example as a mentor to what to look for. And so the title of my message this morning is The Five Qualities of a Mentor and we want to read the text from Acts chapter 11, verse 19 to verse 30. Acts chapter 11, verse 19 to 30 talks about the church at Antioch. Okay, verse 19 says that now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed Travel as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. 
and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas and when he uh, went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great number of people. The disciples were called Christian at Antioch. All right, I will stop here. For a... Let us pray, shall we? Father, thank you, Lord, for the inspiration of this verse here. The Lord, that you are doing great and mighty things in the early days of the church. That out of this place, Lord, that you have called out many people. You have used Barnabas. You have raised up Paul from obscurity to be the greatest missionary that we will ever know. We thank you, Lord, for this great recording. And we pray that this morning, as we preach your word, Lord, that you will put this word in our hearts that we will heed the teaching of your word, and that, Lord, that we will rise up and be what you want us to be, to be mentors to each other and to be mentored as well. The Lord, that we will no longer be babies and infants in the church, but we will be disciples of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So in this passage, we have the story of Barnabas and Paul. Since the day of Pentecost, more and more people, even Jews and Gentiles, come to accept and believe in Jesus as the Messiah, as the coming one. The followers of the way came into conflict with the religious establishment of his time, just like Jesus had conflict with the religious people, a religious leader. And a Pharisee by the name of Saul arose and persecuted the early believers and tried to put away many of the followers. But God was there to ensure that the believers were protected. And there were fear and tension that was great, that was mounting. But God continued to show miracles after miracles to protect the body of believers in Jerusalem. Now here, some of the believers who were persecuted went to share the gospel to the people of Antioch. If you look at the map now, Antioch is about 500 kilometers north of Jerusalem. Quite a distance during that time, 500 kilometers. Many believers and new, uh, many believe in that city of Antioch and news of the revival reached the elders at Jerusalem which were way down south. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch to check it out. To check it out. Barnabas was amazed of the Lord's grace. And they found so many people and the field was so ripe. And, that Lord, and, and uh, he felt the need to go to Tarsus. Now Tarsus is about another 210 kilometers east of Antioch. They have to go around that bay to come to Tarsus to look for Saul. During that time, it was Saul. Haven't changed his name yet to Saul. Who by then, he had an encounter with Jesus on the Damascus road and he was born again. 
and he resided at Tarsus. He was from Tarsus, that was his hometown. And so he took Paul, since uh, his name has been changed to Paul, to go to Antioch to strengthen the believers there, to come and teach the believers there. So they started a ministry that made many disciples and taught many, many more people. Barnabas has been instrumental in exhibiting the qualities of a mentor and those of us who want to find a mentor as well. And what are the five qualities? First of all, that I can gather from him is that he was a generous, he was generous with his mentees. And what is a mentor? A mentor is one that will be uh, simply saying is to lead someone to grow in their discipleship. And of course, a mentee that I will use this term with someone like a student who is learning from a mentor. If we are followers of Jesus, we cannot be self-centered and stingy. I said that this before. If we are followers of Jesus, we cannot be self-centered and stingy. You know, one pastor once said that stingy broker cannot do great things for God. We are being told to love and care for others and to meet human needs around us. So there's no way that believers can be stingy and self-centered. Barnabas knew that well. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 36 and 37, it says there that Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, Joseph anyway was his real name. That was Barnabas, right? Uh, from Cyprus, whom the apostle called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, so a few he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So he sold his few and gave the money to the apostle to be used for the ministry. You know, as a Levite, okay, as we read Leviticus and the law of Moses, as a Levite, he has no inheritance in Israel. All the 12 tribes, all the 11 tribes have inheritance except the Levites. They have no inheritance in Israel. But since he is not from Israel, he might have been entitled to possess land. And perhaps it was said that he could have inherited the land through marriage. You know, maybe perhaps he was married, he had a wife, and the wife had land, so he inherited it. And he was a Levite from the island of Cyprus, a beautiful island. If you've got opportunity, go and visit is off the coast of uh, Syria. It's a beautiful island and, and, and has not much connection with the legislature of Israel. Yet distance and unconnectedness did not matter in his exercise of discipleship. Even though he was far off and he had spent much time himself in Jerusalem, he was one of the leaders in the church then even though he was not connected, even though he was distanced in his homeland, it was his basic act of worship and leadership. He was a practicing disciple of Jesus. So he gave. And I have said this before, that if we cannot sacrifice for the work of God, there remains a barrier in us for God to touch our hearts. 
It is difficult to be a mentor if we are not generous. This generosity issue will curtail our distance, how far and or how deep we can go. The baggage has to be overcome in order to go deep. The core of discipleship is for advancement of the Christian faith. And we are to sow into the process of making disciples with our resources. If we cannot give, whether in money or whether in time or attention, we cannot be a good mentor. And we lose the credibility to tell others how to be a good Christian if we ourselves is not practicing it. God has so touched us in saving us from our sin and out of that redemption, the gratitude spring out from inside all of us to God and to each other, especially in a household of faith. The cost of Jesus is bigger than ourselves. We owe all our resources to Jesus because we belong to Jesus. And so that was the first quality of a mentor, that he was generous with his mentees. Secondly, he believed in his mentees. He believed in his mentees. Many times on first encounter with somebody, we can conclude that they don't seem to be of quality as a mentee. We had the bad habit of uh, evaluating people based on what we see and what we hear. But we have not gone deep enough. Yesterday, Pastor Benny said that it may take three coffee breaks, three coffee encounters to begin to recognize somebody that we can take on as a mentee. So we need to give chance and time to know people more. When God comes into a person's life, almost everything changed. Almost everything changed. The most unlikely person can be transformed into a precious asset to the ministry of God. In Acts chapter 9, verse 26 to 27. Acts chapter 9, 26 to 27. Barnabas believed in Paul as a genuine and had a genuine encounter with Jesus and was born again. Alright? So, uh, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. But they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostle. He told them how Saul, on his journey, had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. He was no more the persecutor of the church, but has become the propagator of the church. Saul had a bad reputation of persecuting the brothers and putting many of them in prison because they become the followers of the way. He has got the authority to even persecute the believers in foreign cities. In foreign cities. But Jesus has mercy on him and confronted him 
And since then, he met with Jesus, he was not the same anymore. It was not the same. Barnabas believed in Paul and introduced him to the Christian community at Jerusalem. From there, the community accepted him and they enjoyed a time of peace that the persecutor has become the propagator. Many of us struggle in our life journey. But, we, but if we have a cheerleader along with us, it will be much easier for us to succeed, to face our troubles and succeed in life. We need someone to encourage us by believing in us. Now, we can even be apprehensive of ourselves many times because we are weak and there are times that we cannot. But when we have a cheerleader along with us, we can become bold, right? We are to give everyone a second chance and to believe in people to make it. Okay? Don't be too quick to CMI people. You know what CMI? Yeah. Don't be too quick to tell people you cannot make it. Huh? All right. We cannot imagine how Saul can be Paul without Jesus. But nothing is impossible with God to turn things around. If Barnabas had not brought Paul into the church, if Barnabas had not been a cheerleader for Paul, we may be grouping in the dark over our faith. We would not have so much of theology for us today to build our faith. Thank God for showing mercy to Paul that today we have enough scriptural material to build up our most holy faith. Barnabas believed in Paul, invested in him, and, re and reaped the abundant harvest. Our faith has been enriched and our hope is cemented and we, all, we are all assured of our eternal destiny today because Barnabas believed in Paul and great things came out of that introduction. So believe in his mentees. And the third qualities of a mentor is he stood up for his mentees. He stood up for his mentees. Sometimes we receive discouraging news about our mentees. But as mentors, we must not give up on our mentees. We need to stand with them as they are still in the making process. They are still being developed. It was premature to give up on them. Premature. In Acts chapter 15, Verse 36 to 30, 41 is quite a long recording here. But let me summarize by saying this, that it was recorded for us the incident of Paul refusing to take John Mark with him on their second missionary journey. Paul refused to take John Mark with him. In the first missionary journey, where John Mark came with the company, John Mark being young, he had quitted on them and returned back to Jerusalem. And Paul refused to take John Mark along this time when they want to go again. But not Barnabas. Barnabas 
insisted and even he was willing to part company with Paul because of John Mark. And he took John Mark with him and they sailed to the island of Cyprus and began their own second missionary journey. From there onwards, we don't hear about Barnabas anymore in the scripture. But that was not the end of the story. But after a long while, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, that is at the end of Paul's life, at the, near the end, towards the end of his ministry, Paul told Timothy to bring John Mark with him to Paul, as John Mark was useful to Paul's ministry. Earlier, Paul might have acted prematurely in refusing to take John Mark with him. But he turned around and became useful in later years. John Mark made a mark for himself through Barnabas. And he was the first gospel writer in the gospel of Mark. He was the writer of the gospel of Mark. Other gospel writers then borrowed his material to write their own gospel. They borrowed from him. He did the research. He did the compilation. And other writers borrowed his material. Thanks to Barnabas who stood up for John Mark until he himself was no more recorded. And we have the fast-paced and straightforward gospel today for modern men. Okay, when somebody comes to know Christ, don't ask them to read Matthew. That is for Jewish people. Ask them to read Mark. That was for the Romans. Quick action people. Short uh, uh, gospel. Easy to read. Okay? And the key word of Mark, one of the key words of the gospel of Mark is immediately. It's a very quick, fast-paced kind of uh, narration. And we should encourage our young believers to read the gospel of Mark. I happen to know a schoolmate who during the lower secondary days were really notorious and had a bad hat, already a bad hat. He was famous for doing all the things wrong. All the things wrong. And every now and then you will hear a, a, a public announcement about he, what he did and this and that. Oh, and of course, uh, public caning is a usual thing. Like. Nowadays, you cannot do that anymore in school. You know, we left school after a while. Then we, I have a chance to meet him many years later. And I was surprised that he has turned around and has been transformed. And he has become sober and sensible, and has become a leader in his church, there must have been a life-changing encounter with Jesus that really turned this young man around, and there must have been a mentor who walked with him in his process of sanctification. Good success and good things take time to happen. All right, Quick things uh, really generally does not last Given enough time, we can enjoy some good returns. God has not given up on us when we first make our mistakes. He did not abandon us, but He was gracious to us. He worked with us to the end 
and good things come out of our lives. It takes determination to stay the course with the mentee in unfavorable time to bring out the fragrance that is in them. It is in those hard times that the mentees really needed the mentor most. Good times they can sail through, but in bad times they needed the mentor most. We need to stand up for our mentees in their winter season so that when summer comes, we can rejoice together in their successes. So do not give up too soon on them. And fourthly, another quality of a mentor is he rejoices in the success of his mentees. Number four, there are many people who stood out among the crowd and we can tap into their experience to refine them, to refine them and open the door of opportunity for them to serve effectively in what God has called them to do. There are gifts and talents that are prominent and useful, and if we can inspire them to use them, they will be most effective. All right? And all of us have that kind of a gift and talents, and that when we use it and we find the place of usage, it will be very effective. We cannot deny that there are people with talents that are better than ourselves. You know, Chinese have the saying that says that, yes, san wan, yes, san go, uh. if you are high mountain, there's another higher mountain than you. Right? There are many talents in all of us. We have to give recognition to them and inspire them to come along to their destiny. And the talents and gifting for that all of us have from the Lord is not for us to enjoy alone. It's for the use of the body of Christ. In Acts chapter 11, from verse 25 to 26, we read that then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with, it, met with the church and taught great number of people. The disciples were called Christian first at Antioch. Barnabas knew the gifting of Paul as a teacher, and so he went to Tarsus to look for him and to induct him into the ministry of the church at Antioch. Paul was a trained Pharisee under Gamaliel, a noted scholar during his time. He learned much as a Pharisee from Master Gamaliel, and Paul, was, Paul, with that training, was able to articulate the Old Testament with the newfound faith that he had with Jesus. Those oldie guys, those Pharisees, they are very good in the Old Testament, but they have not met with Jesus. And so they come into conflict every time with Jesus and with the disciples. But Paul was able to articulate the Old Testament with the newfound faith in Jesus. And he was able to build up the believers. He was able to talk and to teach. Barnabas was quick to recognize that and gave him, gave him room to be involved. Barnabas was not afraid that Paul would take a more prominent role 
than him. He can see a bird as a bird. And he was magnanimous to install Paul to teach in the church. God has raised the body of Christ to fulfill his purpose and we are not to feel insecure when others who came later than us took prominent roles. Now I, talk, I say this in the context of our church and of our ministry. We have to accept that it is not about order, about seniority or age, but the calling of God in the priesthood of all believers. We have a role to play. What matters is each one of us live out our full potential in our station. This is one reason we are doing mentoring. The body of Christ is more important than the reputation of individuals. And so we have to change our mindset such that the body of Christ would benefit the most. Barnabas was a man who recognized the value of Paul and set him up to good use for the believers. He felt the joy over the success of Paul in teaching great number of people at Antioch. Our role as a, as a mentor is to fine-tune others and open the doors for them to live out their destiny. Mentors are not envious, but celebrate the successes of their mentees. And number five, the last one. Thank you for your long suffering. Number five, he affirms and encourages his mentees. In the early part of the church life, after Judas left to his demise, the apostle gathered at Jerusalem to decide who would take the, his place to continue with the apostolic ministry. And we read in Acts chapter 1, verse 23, the church leader proposed two names. One was Matthias, and the other was Joseph of Cyprus, which was Barnabas, the son of encouragement. They were leaders and they were matured believers in Christ. They were faithful men of the newfound faith in Jesus. And after the church leaders had prayed and cast lot, and Matthias was chosen, Barnabas was not disappointed nor was he bitter, nor even envious of Matthias. Whether he was chosen or not, he was not for position and title. He was not discouraged. He took it as God's will. And each of them have their task to fulfill. The book of Acts last record that Barnabas was still faithful and serving God. Now, Barnabas was more than position and title. And I respected this man. He was a man who was not burdened by the things of man, but he was really concerned and enthusiastic about the things of God. He was a man who can play first and second fiddle very well without any jealousy. Matthias was still friend and still a fellow worker in the ministry. There were no letdown in this contest. Both were winners. Barnabas was set aside in order 
that in later days to come, he had the privilege to vouch for Paul, uh, before that was Saul, to the church leaders for the, for the missionary work of saving the countless soul in all the known land of that time. It was a great setting aside, the great purpose that Barnabas can do. He was also in the rebuilding of John Mark, as we have read and talked about just now. Back to the ministry and to the gospel writing. He was such an encourager to them and the outcome would be different if he had been chosen to fulfill the role of the apostle. Today we need many more encouragers as he struggled through life's journey. No one goes through life so smoothly without any difficulties. Every one of us has our chronicles to tell. We are all in the same journey and a mentor will affirm and encourage us his mentee. And so in conclusion here, in the New Testament, we know there, are, there was mentioned only one Barnabas and the son, the son of encouragement. And that title was given for real, you know. People has been encouraged, people has been touched, people has been mentored, people have gone to fulfill their destiny. And so today in Subang Jaya Assembly, we need many more Barnabas. We need many more of you to rise. Let us then be one of them. These five qualities of a good mentor are not difficult to cultivate. They are common, and I believe that many of us have that. And we need to be intentional to exercise them so that our mentees will grow and to those of us who are looking for a mentor. These same five qualities will develop us into strong disciples of Jesus. And I think that in these last days, we really need disciples rather than crowds. We really need disciples that will be able to stand the test of challenges, the test of time. That we will really be believers in Christ that will shine for Jesus. It's getting very confusing and very uncertain in these last days. So we really need every one of us to be the trailblazer for others around. We can be mentors and we can find mentors of this caliber in Subang Jaya Assembly. And what do the church say? Amen. Amen. My desire is that no one is left behind in this confusing world. We all stand as strong disciples of Jesus. So would you be looking out for a mentor or would you be a mentor to someone? It is time for you to do that. To raise others up or to look for someone to make you an effective Christian for the Lord. Let us pray. Can I invite the musicians to come? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the passage here, Lord. In Acts chapter 11, that talks about the situation of the church in Antioch. Thank you for the man 
Barnabas, man, a Levite from Cyprus, real name is Joseph. But he has all the five qualities that we can glean from the scripture about him and how we can really pattern after this man that we can really use it to raise up believers that are strong and who knows what they believe in. Thank you, Lord, that we can read into this. We pray the Lord that you will speak to our hearts. In our concluding remarks, and, I, and there are these five qualities that are on the screen. Father, we pray that you will speak to us now. These five qualities are not strange things. Not things that we cannot do. Not things that are beyond us. These five things are really common. And five things we can really intentionally cultivate them. That we can lead someone and guide someone. Father, I pray for Subang Jaya Assembly of God, every one of us here that has listened to this sermon here. I pray in the name of Jesus, you will speak to our hearts. That as we see these five qualities, we will say that, yes, I can take this, number one. I can take this, number two. I can take number three. I can take number four. And I can take number five. And even I can add into the list, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have all this. And I want to rise up. I want to help someone to be strong in their faith. And to some of us who are not certain of ourselves, of our faith, who does not know very much about the Christian faith, I pray the Lord that you will speak to them, that they will look out for someone that will help them along. We thank you, Lord, for the seminar yesterday. We thank you, Lord, that the many truths and many teachings that we, can we have received we pray the Lord that we will appropriate that and we will really Lord spring into action we really do something about that so the Lord together we will be a strong church of Jesus Christ thank you Lord for speaking to us this morning and I pray that even as we submit ourselves to the leading of the Holy Spirit Lord you be with us you help us Lord thank you Lord